Welcome, everybody, to another great podcast from the Crystal River Church of God. Whether you're on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even taking a jog, our prayer for you is that this helps you to find Focus for Living. We truly hope you enjoy this message live from CRCOG. I know that God is about to shake some things loose in our lives. He's about to shake some things loose in our nation. He's about to shake some things loose in our homes. It doesn't end right here. It goes, if you'll allow it, into your home. Go ahead with me this morning and turn to the book of Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version, which of course is the version that Paul used. I'm joking. Of course, I could ask Popeye. He was there. I have a certain affinity for the King James Version. I cut my teeth on the King James Version. My grandfather taught himself how to read using the King James Version. Now, I I don't have any adversity to any other text, any other translation. I mean, there are some translations. I have some adversity to them. I, I, I was. But for the most part, the mainstream ones, I don't have anything against them. And as a matter of fact, I often read from them rather than the King James. But every once in a while, it's time to return to your roots. Right? So the scripture says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was of little stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him, and he said to him, Zacchaeus! Make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. I want to speak to you about could not. For the press. I intended to. But I could not. For the press. It's too strong. I, 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 I wanted to. My desire was there. But I just couldn't do it. Because of the press. Amen. In this text we read about one of the most familiar stories in the New Testament. It's the story of Zacchaeus. 
And uh, those of you that grew up in Sunday school, you remember the song, Zacchaeus, he was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. Climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see, right? No, y'all were robbed. Bible calls him a rich man and the chief among the publicans. A man who did not want for much, yet he desired Jesus. And there are three more examples of people I would like you to direct your attention to today. People who also desire to come near, to touch, to see, or to be touched by Jesus. All of which were met with great opposition. In addition to Zacchaeus, are number one, a palsied man. In Mark chapter 2, a woman known simply by her issue in Mark chapter 5. And a ruler by the name of Jarius in Mark chapter 5. Now, of course, of Zacchaeus, it was said that he was too short to see God. He was too short to see this man called Jesus. He was also known as a chief among the publicans or a tax collector. And to the common people, that meant that he was a thief. He was considered to be just as corrupt as the Roman government. Even more so, they were considered as a betrayer of their own. Thus, the people would not have been very hospitable to Zacchaeus in his endeavor. So whenever he went to see Jesus, the press would have been even greater. The text actually says, and he sought to to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press. Then the next person is a man who was sick with palsy. This is really all we know about the man. He had heard the noise that Jesus was in the house. But because of his ailment, he could not get to Jesus alone. The Bible says that he was born of four. Four friends, that is. Four friends that helped carry him to Jesus, to where Jesus is. But we find that even with the help of friends, he runs into an obstacle. Because the text reads in Mark chapter 2 and 4, it says, And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press. Then you have the third and the fourth persons who occupy the same time frame in the gospel. Taken from Mark chapter 5, you have the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And Jarius, a ruler of the synagogue. The woman, of course who is only known by her issue. Any one of you ever been that way? You feel as if you're only known by your issue, by your insecurity, by your unqualifiedness, by your lack thereof. Only known by her issue. She having an illness that completely wrecks her life for more than 12 years. An illness that forces her to exist outside the community. And according to the law of Zava, 
She must stay isolated from anyone. That's her children, her husband, the synagogue, the marketplace. And she had to depend on the benevolence and begging. Due to her condition, it's highly likely that she spent many nights hungry. We know that she had spent all of her wealth on physicians to no avail, of course. And then you have Jarius, a ruler of the synagogue, a man of notoriety. He was a member of what is called the Sanhedrin. Incidentally, this is the same group of individuals who convicts Jesus to death. It's a a group of the elite, a group of the untouchables. Those whom you would say have nothing to worry about in life. And incidentally, that doesn't pan out to be the case for him. Because however much he possessed, he could not make his daughter well. With so much to lose, a desperate father tries his very best to get to Jesus. Mark 5.27 says that the press was gathered around Jesus. And both the woman and Jarius have to press, move past the press to get to Jesus. Despite the different needs that defined all of them, all four shared the same conquest. That was to get to the master. Their needs were not the same. They all possessed different backgrounds and all came by different means. But their actions were all the same. Their desperate desire to just touch Him, to just see Him, to just hear Him, to just be touched by this man. All four were willing to do whatever it took to put aside their lives, to overcome the odds to get to Him. Each one angled at best to get to Jesus. Convinced that he was the only answer for their broken and ailing lives. Convinced that he was the last ditch effort. Convinced that if it were not for him, they were just going to shrivel up and die. Convinced that if it were not for him, they would fade into oblivion. Convinced that they have to throw out everything they can to push Past the press. You see, in addition to their same desire and effort to come near, they all encounter that one same obstacle. That is, while being at the right place at the right time, it still was not enough. Have you ever been there? Where you feel like you were there at the right place at the right time, Yet, while everyone else got their miracle and their need met, you left without that touch. That is, while despite all of that, being with earshot of the Master and having a great need, each one's efforts were hindered. They all encountered what the Bible calls the press. Now, you have to understand what the word is here. It is the Greek word aklos, which means the rabble, a riot, chaos, humanity, 
people press trouble the things that people bring the noise the distractions the hindrances those things that just rob you of peace those things that shake you to oblivion that it was this press that made it difficult to get to Jesus you see without the press they would have easily made it to Jesus but the people but the people the humanity the men the women the children the rich the poor the angry the bitter the riotous the family the loved ones the co-workers the home the neighbors the press it hindered them from getting to Jesus you see if it wasn't for the chaos they could have easily perceived him they could have easily touched him came near to him and received their miracle but they could not for the press in that one phrase is hidden truth about every human being's search for God their approach to God and getting near to Him. That if you or I are ever going to get near to Jesus, if we're ever going to get to our miracle, we have to get beyond the press. We have to get beyond the opinions. We have to get beyond what people say and do. We have to get beyond the hurt and the need. says, Paul says this, he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11, he says, For we are not ignorant of his devices, being Satan, of course. You see, this is the menacing constant that no matter what your and I's desire is, Satan will always place the press, the chaos between you, I, and Christ, between us and And the miracle between us and greatness. He will use the press to distract, to discourage, to deceive, to delay, or to deny. No matter what, there will always be a press that hinders. However, to come near, you must find a way to get through the press. The word press is the same word from which we get the word rabble. Which is where we get the words chaos, confusion, and conflict. All of which are indigenous to the human condition. That press that stands between he and us is normal. It's always present. It's not going away. Job says it like this in verse 30 and 12. At my right hand, the rabble arises. They push away my feet. And they raise against me their ways of destruction. He says, everywhere I go, it's like it's my right hand. It's there. Something is always hindering me, stopping me, keeping me from the miracle, from greatness, from touching Jesus. Never, I want you to hear this, never will be the day that you wake up and the press is no longer present. It will be there unto the end. 
The trouble is, is as Christians, we have sold a false idea that once you're saved, you wake up and you never have to battle again. Though we may never say it, we impose it. You have to understand that there will never come an end to the press until the end. To get to Jesus, you and I must get beyond the press. The confusion, the chaos, the conflict, and the opinions of people. You have to fight your way through the press, the rabble. Without exception, nothing gets to people more than people. Nothing. Thus, it should be no surprise that Satan consistently uses people to get to you and I. Without ever imploring the wiles of the spirit of darkness or the demonic, he can, in most circumstances, use only people to get between you, I, and Jesus. It's simple. People get to people. You see, the chaos of what people think, the words that they speak, the influences they possess, and often their selfish desires to keep us from being exposed to His presence. It's the constant pressure of people and the lies we hear then believe about ourselves that causes us to succumb to the pressure of the people. Take, for instance, Pilate, the judge of Jesus, says, I have found no fault in this man, yet because of the people... He surrenders his morality and crucifies Jesus. Satan uses old people, young people, those with malicious intent, and even those with the best of intentions to get in the way to become the press. Make no mistake, we are all prone to the press. But if you and I are to be inclined to move past it, we're we're going to have to be aware That we cannot allow it to have excess influence in our mind. Because if we do, that voice will easily overshadow his voice in our lives. Then we will find it no surprise that the press will overwhelm. Hebrews 12 and 27 says this. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of the things that are made. That the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Make no mistake, you will be shaken in this life. Sometimes to your core. Sometimes so much you don't know how to stop it. You will be shaken. And if you can withstand the shaking, you will remain. But if you cannot withstand the shaking, you will fall to the wayside. It's very clear and very simple. If you're ever going to have victory in this life, you have to fight The press. Currently you and I are all being shaken. And if we don't allow ourselves to push, we will miss the miracle. You see, in the book of Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is answering the crowd when they ask, When shall we know when the end is coming? Jesus answers with Matthew 24, 6-7. He says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. 
For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. And then he says in verse 11, that many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. In other words, they'll begin to hate one another. Sounds a little bit like today. But, though every one of these signs might arrest our attention, and it would be no stretch to say that these signs are very present today, however, the most alarming sign is placed right in the middle and has been deleted for significance. It's right in the middle of all these signs of cosmic proportions, and it's in verse 10. It says, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Right in the middle of the famines and pestilences was a plague of the mind, one of biblical proportions, one so contagious, so evil, and so perilous is the plague of offense that today people are so easily offended If there's any greater sign of the soon and coming end of this age, it is the fact that people are so easily offended. It's the fact that people get to people. It's the fact that you would have your miracle by now, but somewhere along the line, somebody said something. Along somewhere along the line, somebody did something. Somebody mentioned something. And because you're so easily offended, you miss the miracle. Around many troubles in life, the one that causes the greatest distraction is the case of offense. No matter how, nor by whom, Satan's main intent is to use the press, the chaos, the people to hinder the miracle. You see, I have more to guard against with the offense than I do when nations rise up against one another, than when rumors of war begin, than with the lawlessness or the plague and pestilence. You know what? Quit worrying about what's on the news and start listening to the news inside your home. How are you talking about people of church? How are you talking about your neighbor? How are you talking about your friends? How are you talking about your family? How are you talking about your spouse? How are you talking about your children? Listen to that news. Because if you want to stop all hindrances, if you want to get to the presence of God, you've got to get rid of the offense. Quit worrying about what people judge you with. Quit worrying about what people talk about you. Quit looking at them and imposing that they have thoughts in their minds. You can't read their mind. Only God does. Get over it. Move on. The Bible is full of examples of people who acted out of a character, out of character because they were affected by the press. By the rabble, by the chaos, by the opinions. In Numbers chapter 20, actually, Moses is instructed to speak to the rock for water. But he chooses, because of the chaos brought on by the people, to act out of disobedience and strike the rock. Psalms 106 and 33 says, they provoked his spirit. 
that you move out of character when you allow the words and the movements and the actions of people to provoke you. You will never be more delivered until you get delivered of people. He says, then you have... In Mark chapter 6, Herod feared John the Baptist. The Bible says he actually did many of the things John said. And he respected him. And Herod did not will to kill John. But for the sakes of those who sat with him, he ordered the beheading of John. Because of the pressure. You have to understand that in John chapter 12, it is said that many of the chief rulers believed on Jesus. But for the fear of losing their position, what people will think, people will say... They kept their silence. You see, the greatest thing we have to fear is succumbing to the chaos around us. We, like they, can allow the thoughts, the judgments, and the words of others keep us from our miracle. Though the press is often overwhelming and is always there, we have four examples of individuals who were able to get past the press and come near to Jesus. Each one had to take drastic measures to get to Jesus, realizing that in their hopes, all that they could do was get past the press and the offense if they were ever going to get to the miracle. They knew that they would be frustrated by the rabble and the chaos if not. So how can you and I get past the press? We can learn from these four experiences. Number one, with a woman of the issue of blood, she had to lower herself to get where she didn't belong. You see, what happens is the woman in Mark chapter 5 spends 12 years of her life seeking an answer. Why? Because it was more important than just just ordinary discomfort. It was total embarrassment that she lived with. Due to her ailment, she was forced to spend the day outside of the city only to enter after sundown. And this was according to the law of Shabbat, which also stated that she could no longer be touched by anyone, specifically her family. She was isolated and abandoned and cast out. And she could not feel like she belonged anywhere. You have to understand that the Bible says that she spends all that she has on physicians. I've heard some people say, if she would have went to Jesus first, it would have been over. She wouldn't have to waste it all that. What a terrible explanation of the word of God. Because we understand that Jesus had not started his ministry when that began. That she went to the physicians first. And Jesus never said, whoa, who touched me? Wait a minute. Did you spend all your money on doctors first? No. All he said was, I just felt virtue flow from him. You have to understand that she was willing to make that desperate last ditch effort to get near Jesus. Matthew tells us that Jesus was inside the city when she approached him. She had to break from what was customary to get to him. Her place was not in the city. She was to be cast out beyond the gates. But she said, there's a problem with that. My answer's beyond the gates. And the Bible says that what she does is, is she reaches past the press and grabs the hem of his garment. Which forces her to get down into a submissive position. 
a position that says I'm not worthy. I don't belong here, but yet I need what you have. See, the problem is sometimes we get too arrogant with our problems. We feel entitled in our situation. We feel as if we have a right to it. The only thing you have is a Father in heaven that loves you so much that Jesus would come to this earth and die for you. And if you need anything, if you can push past the people, if you can push past the limitations they've set on you, if you can push past all the words they've spoken over your life every bit of your age if you can push past it get on your knees and reach for the hem of his garment you will find your miracle even though you don't belong where you are it's a posture it's a posture that lowers yourself to raise Jesus It's a posture of submission. It's a posture of worship. It's a posture of prayer that says that if I'm ever going to have my breakthrough, I have to push into places I don't belong. I have to push into places my mind has told me I'm not capable of. I have to push past things that I've been told I couldn't do. I have to push past what my pedigree says. What my, what my, 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 my education says. I have to push past what my teacher said about me. I have to push past what my parents said about me. I have to push past all of the things that were told to me. I have to push past what people have done to me. I have to push past the hurts and the pains they have brought upon me. Then lower myself to give into a place I do not belong. Number two, of course, is the man they called Zacchaeus. What he has to do is he has to change his point of view. You see, Zacchaeus realizes his point of view was not good enough to perceive Jesus. He knew that in order to get past the press, he would need to change his point of view. The Bible says that Zacchaeus was a publican, a tax collector. They were known as the governmental ordained thieves. And he was the chief. So he was the chief thief. This very often caused them to be cast out by the community. The only time they ever talked to you was when you came around to collect the money. You weren't welcome in their home. You weren't welcome at feast. You weren't welcome at dinner. You weren't welcome in any places. You had... You had to just shun them because they were thieves. They helped the Roman government. Who are these people? We don't need them. Zacchaeus, of course, realizes that this is a problem. No doubt he had some kind of wrong thinking at first. His perception was probably off. However, he chooses to climb the sycamore tree. Now, in the Jewish faith... The sycamore tree represents faith, strength, reliability. You see, Jesus is waiting. But sometimes you have to change your perception. And the only way you change your perception is you climb something reliable. You hoist yourself on something better than yourself. Stronger than yourself. More reliable than yourself. You find some saints of God that have worked through a battle or two. You find some saints of God that have worked through the chaos. You find some saints that have worked through the press. That know what it's like to pray. 
And you climb upon something strong and reliable. He had to change his point of view. That if you're ever going to remove the hindrances from you getting to Jesus, you have to change your point of view. Jesus says this to him. He says, this day salvation is coming to your house. Number three, with a man of palsy, the key here was often we need help to get past the press. You see, the man with palsy could not get past the press on his own. And even when his four friends, even with his four friends, it was still not enough to get past the chaos. We need to get beyond this idea that we can do this by ourselves. We isolate, we lock down, we start shoving everything down, and we hope that it will just go away. God says, it's not just going to go away. It doesn't work like that. I am telling you that I have allowed the press to increase your strength. What do we do to increase strength? We increase resistance. The more you push against, the stronger you get. And in the instance of where you just cannot find strength enough, That's when you rely on friends to carry you. However, they find it within themselves. They're still, though four of them, are not able to get past the press. So they get creative. They begin to hoist him up on the roof of the house and tear the roof off. You see, if you're going to get past the press, you need some friends who are willing to carry you when necessary and willing to lift you up. You don't need people in your life that are always speaking negativity. Get rid of them. Say, honey, I love you. I really enjoy you. But not when you start talking like that. So if that's going to be your normal everyday language, you're going to have to find a new buddy. Because I can't be around somebody that's always tearing everybody else down. That's always speaking ill of everybody. That's always casting everybody out. I need some people that will lift me up. Number four. You have Jarius. Jarius had to want the touch more than he wanted to keep his image. He had to want what Jesus had more than he cared about what others would think. You see, Jarius knew the fallout of associating with Jesus. He knew what it meant for him among his peers and within the community. He knew that he would not be able to convince them enough that he did what he had to do. But this particular day, it no longer mattered. You see, his baby girl had fell ill. His dreams and his plans for his future was all now in danger of being lost. He could not have perceived the crowd and the press. And he said, maybe he would have got to the press and said, oh, there's just too many there. They all know me. Those people know me. They know what I do for a living. They know me in the public. They know me among my friends. They know me as this strong person. I'm one of the intercessors. 
I'm one of the preachers. I'm one of the ministers. I'm one of the greeters. I'm one of the ushers. I'm one of these, one of that. They know me. I can't let them speak to me in in that fashion. I can't let them know this about me. No, Jarius said, today I need a miracle. Today I need something. And I'm willing to encounter the press to see it. You see, he would have never received this miracle if he would have chose to stand on the sidelines. But Jarius pushes past the press. Jarius pushes past what people think of him. Jarius pushes past what others are thinking. Jarius pushes past what his dignity looks like. Jarius pushes past what it's going to cost him. And says, I need a miracle. You have to know that your need for a miracle must speak louder than the press. Then number five, all of them had to silence the voice of doubt in their life. You see, the woman had to silence the voice of condemnation that said she had no place. Musicians, if you'd begin to help me. Zacchaeus had to not allow his sin and the shame of his past disqualify him. The man of palsy could have refused the help of his friends for fear of troubling them. How many of you and I have ever said that? No, I don't want to be bothered. Or less, he could have said, I've grown to love this. I've grown accustomed to it. You know, I like the fact that people just hand me whatever I need. Yeah, there are days I'm hungry, but I don't have to lift a finger for it. He could have grown accustomed to it. But yet... He says, no, I need to get to Jesus. And Jarius could have felt defeated when they finally come to him after going towards Jesus and pushing past all the ridicule. He gets the word that, listen, it's no longer necessary. Your daughter's dead. When that moment came into play that it looked at or looked like All hopes of a miracle were gone. Jarius still chooses to push past the press. All of them decided that the opinions of the crowd before have made them make some pretty compromising decisions. So today, in order to get their miracle, they were going to push past the press. Everyone please stand in this place. As the Spirit Life team comes forward. I want to ask you today. What is your press? What is the chaos that binds you today? What's the thing that stands in the way between you and a miracle? What is it that stands in between you and your answer? What is it that when you wake up every day it faces you? When you want to look at hope. What is your press? What has kept you from the feet of Jesus today? You have to understand that the very first thing you must do to get past the press. Is you have to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to ask this very quickly. With every head bowed and every eye closed. And I ask you right now please observe that.
If today you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Would you raise your hand in this place? If you would like to know Jesus, would you raise your hand? Anyone in this place? I'm going to assume that everyone is saved here. The rest of you, you can go ahead and keep your heads bowed. That's okay. If today you would be willing to say, Pastor, every day I wake up and I just want something better. I just want that need met. And each day it seems like something fights me and keeps me from it. And I'm tired of it. I'm ready to push past it. Would you raise your hand right now? I see that hand. I see those hands. Okay, hands everywhere. I'm going to ask you right now, if you would, today, if you would, please, be willing to push past the press and come up here right now. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it has inspired you like never before. For more information about Crystal River Church of God, how to give, or even our upcoming events, be sure to check us out at crystalrivercog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next week here at CRCOG.